Welcome to another episode of the Creating Queensland podcast. I'm your host, Jessica Reynolds. My background is that I have a private town planning practice and I created this podcast as a platform to share the career stories and ideas of interesting people I've come across in the Queensland property industry. Each episode is a casual chat of around 20 minutes where a range of topics are discussed with the aim of expanding our knowledge of different professions and most importantly, humanizing those who are part of Creating Queensland. If you know someone that has a great story or ideas to share, you can find me on LinkedIn. Just search Jessica Reynolds, Urban Planner. So let's get this episode started. In this episode, episode nine, I speak with Marco Zietzman, an architect who has extensive experience in South Africa, having worked with some pretty amazing institutions and notable people. She migrated to Australia five years ago and has set up a private practice with her son. We discuss working with family, her career in architecture, and explore the differences between working with South African developments to those in Australia. A really interesting interview, Marco is articulate and brings a lot of value. I hope you enjoy episode nine. Today we're speaking with Marco. Thank you, Marco, for joining us. Thank you for inviting me. Can you please tell us a little bit about what you do? What is your actual profession and what is your business? I'm an architect. I've been an architect my whole life. Um, I'm also currently uh, the director of a new company, growing very small at this stage, but we anticipate to, to become huge in, in, in Brisbane. Um, we uh, are architects. It's me and my son and a few people working for us. Yeah. So you're working with your son. It's pretty rare these days to find any firm that is family-oriented. Why did you choose to work together? I think um, architects do tend to do that. Uh, I grew up in a house with my, my father's an architect, my brother's an architect, my brother's children are architects, and actually they're also working for us. So we are a family of architects, and you, you, you get so used to that environment and we, you start living, talking architecture day in and day out, and that is how you socialize. And the best team to do it with is the people that you understand, the people you can trust, and someone who thinks a lot like yourself. And for that sake, it, it just happened that Milton and I grew into this whole thing of you know understanding each other and and saying, well, let's let's starting with let's start this properly and, and go for it, which is such an amazing honor to be able to work with your son. And um, even the worst of all that I can say is that I even can learn from him because he is more local or used to the local environment, which gave me that transition, that, which helped with the whole transition period so much better. But together, me with the experience and him with the new innovative ideas and, and passion for architecture, I think we're a great team. No, that's it's so cool. I think it's awesome. Do you think that it would work for a lot of families or do you think because your family is multi-generational architects, it's, it's a perfect fit? I think so. Maybe it is because we are used to it and you've grown up in it. I used to work for my dad and then my brother also joined us. So we were a firm working together with each other. And um, for that sake, I think you have to grow into that. However, if you and your children, your siblings understand each other, and 
I think any architect can work together if they have that same vision mm-hmm. and understand each other's um, shortcomings mm-hmm. and also um, capitalize on each other's potential. Because you get such a diverse of architects actually and each one of us has got some kind of speciality and together we make a good team. Standing alone we're sometimes lacking in some abilities but together we can we can really be the greatest architects ever. Right, that's cool. So do you think there's um, anything you've had to compensate in or change from working I guess with other people? I assume you've worked in other firms without family? Yes. Yes. And then working with family, is there is there a difference of how you communicate with each other? Yes, there is. I think the the fact that you 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 know each other so well, you can actually just go ahead in that direction of knowing what this guy can do. Where you when you walk into a firm and you don't understand that person or know how they think or even how they think under pressure or how they think, because sometimes architects need to think very quick on their feet when you're on site and you have this scenario where you must get a solution for you must resolve it there and um, that's when you really start getting to know people and the advantage that the fact that you know this person already that makes that, that makes it so much easier and it, it gives you that step ahead so that you can just conclude everything and go go forward from that no, excellent. Okay, so I assume the listeners can hear your accent. Where are you originally from? I'm from South Africa. I've uh, been born in South Africa and also Milton. Uh, we uh, lived in South Africa until five years ago. However, mm-hmm. Milton moved here five years prior to that. Okay. He studied in, in Australia. So for that sake, he's very... Australian orientated and he's got that networking in Australia already where I actually stayed behind and had my own firm in South Africa uh, for 22 years and did some amazing projects in a a period where South Africa was in a good uh, stage and, and in a good period of growth and there was a lot of potential. However, we since then decided for the future of our our children we'll we'll settle we'll put everything down in South Africa and relocate here so that it was a difficult decision to close down after 20 years (laughs) everything that you've worked for however I think people who has South African friends will understand why we do that and uh, the advantage that is that South Africa was or maybe still is on a very good level to with other first world countries mm-hmm. economically wise south africans are has that same vision and development used to be quite well however sometimes it's now deteriorating but we're not going to that but for that sake we've we've learned a lot out of south africa and it, and it could give us a good background and then uh, moved over here and started from scratch here with Milton, knowing that Milton has got the the background and the Australian networking. It felt totally unfamiliar for me, mm-hmm. and I had to learn a lot out of Milton what the industry demands 
and where we're going in this in this whole industry. However, it's, luckily, it's quite the same. Uh, there's nothing that I had to really sit back and say, well, I don't know this at all. There's a lot of terminology that I had to get used to. Uh, sometimes I say to Mulder, well, I, I fall back and use the words that I'm used to in South Africa because you use a word, a term for 22 years and then you come here and you, you need to use another term. So instinctively, you'll, you'll fall back onto that term. Yeah. But I, I learned from that. So terminology was was quite an, something that I had to adapt to. But furthermore, luckily, architecture is is a worldwide trend. It's not something that you can confine to an area or a country. Mm-hmm. However, these influences like cultural and and the, specifically the climate, mm-hmm. but also economically. Um, mm-hmm. This, it's it's so often the most unsaid influence in architecture. But uh, my father used to say, the best architect has a client with the best pocket. And it is true, if you have the right money, like people or developments in Dubai, there is a difference between where we can, we don't have the money and our clients are more restricted. But I think that's where the, where the uh, challenge comes in to do, to do great architecture with not the great best budget, mm-hmm. but getting there with a, a very successful project and a product that, that the client can really u- use. And so, well, it's been an amazing journey. Yeah, that's great. So what has been your biggest challenging project, either South Africa or here? I, unfortunately, I need to say South Africa because I've been there for a longer period. Yeah. But um, I, it's been a very, um, I've, I've been quite uh, blessed with the fact that I had good clients in South Africa. The University of South Africa mm-hmm. appointed me on a 10-year period where I was then their architect for all their new visions it's a they, long time. It is. It's a it, long contract. It was. However, <laughs> oh, it wasn't only 10 years. Eventually, it became like 15 years. That's why I actually stayed behind for another five years after Milton has came over. I was still busy completing some projects that was in South Africa for the University of South Africa. Uh, it was it was good challenges. Nothing why I enjoyed it. And that is something that... Well, in architecture, when you when you start working with a client and you understand them, it's it becomes easier. When you when you take on another project with him, you understand. Well, this client wants desks for mm-hmm. this kind of level, people this size, and so you can start generalizing a lot of things, and that'll help you during this process. And you understand how this client wants the whole process to be handled. For that sake, it was, it really became fun. Mm-hmm. Every each and every project that I did for them was a new challenge, new fun, and and to eventually stand back and say, "Well, we've done it. It's it's been an amazing journey." And also to look back and say, "Well, you've been able to do that for the people." Because Unisa had that whole vision to create new buildings for their new vision for the new South Africa. Mm-hmm. So that was amazing to be part of that. No. Okay, so that was your sort of biggest challenge. It was a really long time. Mm. Would you also put that one under your like um, favorite project, or do you have another project that would be your favorite that you've worked on? It could be small. It could be large. 
just something that you think that is something I made? I think each and every project becomes your favourite. When you when you think and live in in, in you, you think about it day and night. You wake up at night and think, oh, I'll, maybe I'll put that window a little bit more like this. Or So you, you really become so passionate about it. I sometimes um, start retracting from my family, <laughs> which is a challenge of an architect, but you always must be also involved because you can get so focused on this project that you forget everything around you. So now I, I can actually not say what was my favorite. Each and every one is. There's always in a project a, a favorite part and a very bad part. Um, what I can also say, one project that I was, that I'm very proud of is the, the house that I did for the late Nelson Mandela. Uh, so, um, I was, I was asked to, to design for him and his family, a family retreat, mm-hmm. and it had to be erected within eight months from the time that I started this whole project. Cheers. <laughs> and that was, it was fun. It was, it was, they, they gave me a brief and they said, it's all in your hands. And it was firstly a big honor to be able to meet him and to be able to spend some time with this wise person and very humble person. And his wife was very uh, exciting and she also has very good vision and uh, that you know taking that project to the end and seeing them that December having fun as a family in that house that is quite rewarding that I think that is when when you as an architect stand back and you, you know see you think of well maybe I should have changed that or shouldn't have done this but you keep that to yourself and the and the the satisfaction of just seeing that they are happy. They don't see the small nitty gritty things that you you feel you should have changed, and you live with that and say, "Well, I've done it, and I've got a client that's happy." I think that's the that's the 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 best part of being an architect. So, why did you actually become an architect? Is it just because your family, or is that the feeling you were chasing, or? You know, is it just been a, that was your path always to be? Unfortunately, I cannot tell you. I think it's it's been so much in our family that you just think you're going to be an architect. Mm-hmm. However, you, you have this vision of, so I, I could, I can never say I ever thought of being somewhere, something else. Okay. Um, it's, and sometimes you think you should have all these visions, but the excitement parallel to this vision of being an architect is so great that it actually overrules everything. You just, you enjoy it and you make the best of each and every moment with this project or this challenge that you have at that stage and you think logic about it and also not too logic and think out of the box and and enjoy that ride and that is actually what what is so exciting about architecture? I always always joke and so I love being paid to spend someone else's money. <laughs> <laughs> and it is actually that. It is it's it's so you know rewarding to to really sit and think, what am I gonna do here for these people to make it really a space that they can appreciate for the purpose that they want this? And you, if you can get as close as possible to that. That is the reward that you get out of architecture. Is that the advice that you give to your son, Milton, or an, any other architect up and coming? 
Yes, I do. Um, I think what's very important for me is to understand the brief. Uh, as, as soon as you, you really start thinking about what this brief entails, there's always some limitations and there's always some strong visions in, in a brief. Mm-hmm. And if you can understand that, that whole concept and drive that in the right direction, and if you have a, a very open-minded client, it's only it's it's just fun. It's mm-hmm. just a, a, a ride that you go through as an architect, uh, being wise with how you spend their money, and how you you make use of each and every opportunity and space for the best of this this person and people or cl- client would would be using that space. Yeah. Do you think, a, so you say like a, having an open-minded client is preferable almost, is it possible for somebody to become more open-minded through the process or is it pretty set in your experience? Like you, Well, it's, it's difficult. Sometimes you get a client who, who, who doesn't, who, who's not on the same page as yourself mm-hmm. and I think that's where we as creative people can also then start, you know, you, you start assessing this person and see because it's so important for you to to really walk parallel with this client even if it's the client's representative or the client himself and parallel to what they envision and what the brief is for the project so yes it's it's very important to to really um, start understanding a client Mm -hmm. and if you if you really understand a client and the client's brief you can get you can go a long way. Um, it is a struggle if you cannot, if you can't pinpoint what's really still, you know, bothering, what's still, you know, um, making me question stuff that you uh, decide. Because sometimes as an architect, you need to make those decisions and the client needs to, to have confidence in you and say, well, you know what you're doing. Go ahead and make those decisions. We, if you have a client who still wonders, is this guy or this person or this lady mm-hmm. in the thinking in the right direction where I want them to be, and it makes it difficult. But mm-hmm. I think that's one of your challenges is to get there with on the same page as your client. Yeah, that's some great advice. So. You have a lot of experience in architecture. Um, I believe you're saying 28 years? Yes. 28 years of architecture, a lot of that in South Africa. But you have this um, great value now that you're bringing to Australia and being a newcomer, relatively, you probably see it for what it is. Mm. Um, is there anything you can see, I guess, working mostly in Brisbane, are you at the moment? Yes. How... Do you see things that maybe Brisbane isn't doing as well architecturally or property development-wise that maybe South Africa was doing um, or the other way around? Is there things that we're doing that is by far superior as far as the legislation you're dealing with, the people you're dealing with? I think it's always a good question. Um, Any country or any entity can get so involved with itself and you're always must learn from people coming from other places and say, well, you know what, what, do, what are we doing wrong or what are you doing on that side that we're not doing here? And what I did gather from, from the time that I've spent now in Australia is, is the fact that architecture is not so protected. Mm-hmm. Um, architecture is, is sometimes a bit too 
open book to smaller companies who's not architects and people who doesn't have that that design finesse uh, yet who can also you know design some buildings mm-hmm. whereas in South Africa you cannot design any building larger than 500 squares if you're not an architect wow didn't so, know that and I, I, I've seen the difference in in those two challenges where architecture in, in, in Australia seems to be more unprotected mm-hmm. and however there's wonderful architecture over here and but it's still being done the great architects in Australia and, and the great buildings that is really architectural has been done by architects because they have that 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 you know the whole period that you go through as a, as a student to teach you how to think design wise mm-hmm. and where does it come everything from and why do you apply it and you just don't apply it because the guy next door dep- applies it onto a <laughs> building and I've seen that difference of uh, buildings that needs to be more protected to be strictly architect you know managed or, or designed by an architect yeah and unfortunately yeah you can even do you know a few high-rise buildings by a person who's, who's not a, a qualified architect yeah. you technically can draw a box yes as long as it's compliant that's with right. the town planning scheme that's unfortunate but for otherwise i mean australia is so far advanced and has impressed me so much regarding uh the whole system in architecture and and how they manage it and um what they you know how they help architects to get where they want to so i'm very impressed i am um, glad to be in australia and glad to to be challenged on a new level in australian environment where um, i think it's just a little step up and and it's wonderful to be there and and you know having new visions and, and trying to get there So just to take a step back, why do you think it's important to have, I guess, architecture protected and have good architectural outcomes in the buildings? They're not just pretty pictures, are they? Like it's not about just aesthetic or is there more to it? Architects um, always joke about it and say, well, a doctor um, buries these mistakes and an architect displays it. (laughs) I've never heard that. That's funny. (laughs) But whatever we do, it's going to be there for life and it's going to be there even after we've finished. And that's the one thing that I've realized even during my process and, and, and always regrettably had to find it out on a later station after a building has been erected I, I realized well this is going to be here now forever and my children's children's going to see it and say well grandma she did this and and it, it struck me actually after the first building was completed what I've done and then you start questioning is this really the best solution that I've done well there's always other circumstances that also comes along your client and the budget and and time constraints and all the other and even the kind of contractor that you get Mm -hmm. so it's it's not just what you see there but what you see there must be such a a monument for the people that you leave behind and it shouldn't it should blend in with what's happening in in the city what is the vision of the city where do we take this whole city um is it working in in this environment so there's so much more involved and that's why i say 
let an architect do it because we have a little bit more experience than someone else and a little bit better background. But it is so important to, to realize that we're going to leave each and every brick that we, we allow on top of each other mm-hmm. for the people after us. Yeah. And may in 200 years... If if um, God hasn't taken us yet, uh, <laughs> then people can can look into the and say, well, in two thousand and eighteen, that was the trend in architecture, mm-hmm. and it was amazing for this and that, and it will be regrettable if if they can't say that because today we can stand back and say, look at this architecture two year two hundred years back, mm-hmm. it's beautiful, it has its. It's grace that we, we, we should protect. And I think that's important to, to know that we should build something and design something that's going to be there forever and that's going to enhance our city and, and the place for each and every person to live and walk in. And that, that should be the main aim. No, that's just, you know, I totally 100% agree. I think you've articulated it so well. And this has been an amazing interview. How, if people want to connect with you, how can they find you? Well, so it is actually, we, Milton and I is starting now a new company. Mm-hmm. We have been the movie architects for a while, but we decided since I'm now totally converted over to Australia, uh, we will be starting next week with Z Architects. Which is really just Z. Just Z. Yeah. Yes. So we will become Z architects from next week on. How exciting. It is. It's really, it's now we can say, well, we are, Milton and I are Z. However, we still have my brother's two children, which is Louis and Lisa. They are also working for us. And um, uh, Louis is actually working for us in South Africa. And Lisa is working for us here. Uh, but they are like children for us. And together we are now a team, family team, but a new architects firm with this vision of changing Brisbane Brisbane for the best. <laughs> no, that's, that's really cool. I love it. I love Thank it. you. Thank you so much for joining me. Thanks a lot for inviting me.